right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Feast your eyes and tune your ears. It's that time again. We are live with another episode of The Authority Project. It's the video podcast streamed on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope, where we talk to digital marketers, business coaches, and creators of all kinds on how they've built authority in their field and how you can mimic their success. Developing authority, building your audience, and attracting better clients to your own business. Now, without further ado, let's bring to the virtual stage your host, Brian S. Arnold. All right, we're in the building. This is Brian S. Arnold, your host uh, with the most. I just put that out there. That's a stupid thing to say. But <laughs> uh, I am here, The Authority Project, another episode here. I am with my new friend here, Brandon Walker. I'm so glad to have him here. How are you doing, my friend? I am doing great. Thanks so much for having me. And um, I didn't realize I get a DJ session walking into the episode. So <laughs> thanks for the tunes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We try to keep it live here a little bit. No kidding. Glad you had on here. We're both from the East Coast. Um, he's a little south, a little, no, further further way south than I am, but we're still good. We're both from the East Coast. There's guys here. Um, he's from originally from Cleveland. Are you? I didn't get the actually. Are you a Cleveland Brown fan or a Cleveland uh, Indians fan? No. Yes. No. I mean, I think by virtue of where I grew up, I have to say <laughs> yes. But I'd be lying if I said I'm super engaged as a fan. Um, but just by you know humble roots, I think I have to associate with them. For better or worse. Awesome. Awesome. So let's get started. He is here to show us, he says, just some life lessons of building a successful startup. And I am glad to have him here because I know there are people who are who are in this field, in this space, who need some guidance on here. He is here to help us. And before we even get started, tell us, first of all, Brandon, who you are personally and then professionally. Great. Um, I would say uh, personally, I am a runner. Um, I like endurance dirt biking, which means going on long trips across wide swaths of land. Um, Big reader. uh, And I have sort of coined the term lifestyle engineer to describe um, how I think about the way I live. Uh, Professionally speaking, I am founder and CEO of a company called Beanie and Blazer. And basically what we do is we train aspiring high performers on mindset and habits. Uh, So we have lots of different content, educational materials, uh, programming that we do to help people better align their their actions with their life's purpose. Um, Historically, I think the reason we're talking about startups is I served as senior vice president of sales for a company called Untapped, where we grew a sales team from zero to 45 people, grew the company to 120 people, and sold the company back in March uh, to a growth equity firm. Awesome. And we're going we're gonna to tap into that. I think we're already, um, I think you already answered my second question, which is what project you're currently working on, which is Medium Blazers. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? You might as well go ahead and tell us a little more about that if you like. Sure. Yeah. Um, so the company is really young. I've been working on it full time for about two and a half months now. Uh, in November, we're launching a beta of our first product. It's called the Mindset Accelerator. And so it's a six week program I've been working on with uh, an executive coach and a, a PhD Olympic flow coach trainer. Um, and so we're putting what together is that. What is flow coach trainer? What is that all about? 
Uh, so <laughs> flow is the state of consciousness where you feel your best and perform your best. It's oh. frequently called being in the zone. And so it's that feeling when you have a conversation that feels like it lasted five minutes, it's been two hours. Or for me as a basketball player, every every shot's going in. It's just that feeling where you're just dialed in. Um, and so it's a, it's a neurochemical engine that's running in your brain that's firing up, making you feel that way. And so uh, this guy, um, Chris, trains Olympic athletes to get into that state of mind as they're leading into uh, their performance. And so basically we're developing a six-week program uh, designed to help people figure out their core values um, and live a life that's in accordance with the lifestyle that they want to live instead of what society or other people have told them that they should be living. I like that. See, there's a... There's a, you know, that's a big thing nowadays about core values. We had a, uh, a we had Brant Menswell here about a week ago talking about um, the same thing. We, he described it as black sheep values. So, which is you know, how he coins it for, for core values. So that's a big thing right now. And I see that, I think that's very, very important now <laughs> in any space, really, to know mm-hmm. exactly what are your values and are you living by them? And uh, maybe we'll discuss that a little further on here. But I want to, I want to, before we do that, let's 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 go back into your story, Brandon. <laughs> okay. Let's go back to you dropping out of college. You know, we were all counting on you to finish, <laughs> 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 but you dropped out. Tell tell us about that feeling. Where you know, you know, this is you know that wasn't direct the direction or or where you were with that, and how you got into uh, I guess Draper University, I believe. And about that scenario, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, so when I was, I, I started playing basketball in college uh, at a small school in Michigan. While I was there, I started a bike taxi company, a, a pedicab company, where I would do brewery tours and just pedal people around oh, wow. and make money uh, <laughs> nice. doing that. And uh, so I caught the entrepreneurship bug. Like I had the feeling, yeah. of, oh, wow, I can go work my own hours and see what this is. And once I got that idea in my head, I became really passionate about the idea of becoming an entrepreneur and this philosophy of freedom and having an idea on the back of a napkin and bringing it into something that creates jobs and impact. Right. And um, and so I ended up moving to North Carolina, going to North Carolina, Wilmington, and uh, I had an opportunity to take on an internship with Untapped uh, when I was 20. Um And so I started with them and I had a decision to make. I I got accepted into this program in um, San Mateo called Draper University. And basically what that is, is it's a a pre-accelerator program for wannabe entrepreneurs. So we had 65 students from 30 different countries who all joined this program for eight weeks, learned what it means to be an entrepreneur. And the school was started by a billionaire venture capitalist named Tim Draper. So after I finished at Draper, I had the opportunity to go back to school or try and take a chance and persist with this internship that I had been granted. Um, and so I opted for option B, uh, which put me <laughs> all tapped and uh, yeah. obviously sort of paid dividends long-term from a learning perspective. Yeah. I, I, I think that the experience that you got from there is probably – what we're going to really, really dive into today. So tell us more about Untapped while you're there and what you, you know, what you learned 
and how you accelerated to VP so fast. I'm really interested in hearing about that. About that. Yeah. Um, so Untapped is a social media platform for beer drinkers. And so the idea is you can check in different beverages that you or specifically beers that you've had at different locations, take pictures, share them with friends. It's gamified. You can earn badges and stuff. And so when I joined the company, uh, we had about 3 million users on the app at that time. Um, and the goal was to sell business software to bars, breweries, restaurants, bottle shops, liquor stores, to help them facilitate and market their product to those 3 million users uh, that were using the social media aspect. Yeah. And so that was my responsibility was, can we sell this? How do we sell this? Can you scale a team? Can you run a team, etc.? cetera? And uh, so I literally was the one who wrote our scripts and found the initial leads that we were going to call. And um, there's a funny story about me getting cussed out by a French chef in Quebec because... <laughs> We didn't actually have a product yet. I was just testing all of our scripts and stuff. And I got him to the point where he was giving me a credit card because he was so interested in the product that we were selling. And at that point, I'd say, wait, 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 no, stop, stop. This isn't real. I'm so sorry. I'm doing testing for a product. And he started yelling at me and hung up the phone. So from like a, from a person to person, you know, dynamic, that sucks. Like you don't want to get sworn at, but it proved that people were actually interested in this. I was never going to scam the guy or take his card. It was just, holy crap, people are actually interested and now we can sell this. And so I was the eighth employee at the company when I started as an intern. Mm -hmm. And we realized very quickly that in order for us to scale, we were going to have to sell a lot of this software all over the world to all these restaurants and bars and stuff. Me being the guy that wrote the scripts, I'm 21 at this point. It was like, all right, Brandon, let's see if you can do this. So I hired a team of four people, did that for six weeks, and we hired four more people, did that for six weeks, four more people, four more people. And eventually within 18 months, I had 30 people. Within three years, it was 45 people. And uh, as we scaled that team up and got more sophisticated, um, I was just awarded, you know, new titles that reflected the breadth of the work that we were doing. I want to know if you remember what this script was, or unless that's unless that's confidential information, I don't know. But I want to know what the script was that got somebody to just want to give their credit card information right away. Was there was there a a system to the, a systematic way of doing it, or is it something? You, it wasn't just something you just made up, right? It was. <laughs> Uh, or maybe it was, <laughs> I don't know, but can you just go, maybe if you know that, or if you remember? Yeah, uh, I can, I can definitely, definitely uh, ruminate on that. So it wasn't just one call and the guy gave me his credit card. Like I had been calling them, trying to get a hold of them. We booked a demo and we spent 30 minutes on the phone together. And then I followed up with more information. So it, it wasn't just the two of us on the phone. I had a presentation with mm-hmm. like graphics and text that explained what it is, but just in reality, we hadn't built the thing yet. And so like, it wasn't, it would have been unethical for me to accept money from the person at that time in that format. And so he just, the, the idea of the product that we were selling um, got to a point where he was like, yeah, that would offer a lot of value for us as a restaurant. And so he was willing to pay the money for it. I love it. So let's go from, 
Let's stay on, on tap. I want to know about the things that you learned while you were there that carried over now to what you do now, but some things that you maybe, maybe also that didn't align with you, uh, that left you, that got you to um, maybe to leave the company or, or, or how that, how that um, worked out, I guess. Man, great question. Um, I think it's probably easier and quicker to go through the things that didn't connect. Like okay. uh, Untapped was my home for the whole beginning of my career. I had amazing mentors. I learned from these entrepreneurs who are seasoned vets and have been really successful over and over again. I learned what it means to be a good leader and teammate and all these other facets that I wouldn't have gotten had I not done that. Um I think for me, the biggest thing was having that experience way back when with my pedicab and knowing that my ultimate goal was to become an entrepreneur. I knew that although I could continue getting promoted, hopefully, and earning new opportunities, it would never be mine. Like as much as I helped build it, it was not mine. And so I really wanted to take something that was that and also that I felt could make an, an impact on people's lives at a deeper level than through um, a beer app. But again, Untapped is amazing. No, I have yeah. a, a skateboard hanging with the logo right there. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was that was sort of the genesis of me. Um, go wide. There yeah. it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right over there. There you go. Nice. Um, nice. So... <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. Were you finished or? Uh, yeah, for on that side. So, um, okay, cool. So, we're gonna we're shifting to this new this new um, thing we call beanie, beanies and blazers, and it's it's. And I, I gotta tell you, when I when I heard the, heard the name, I thought at first, to be honest, I, I thought I was going to. Go look for look for something. Look for beanies and blazers. Beanie and blazers. I was like, oh, let me go and buy some 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 um, some beanies for it because I love I, I like beanies. But um, it was much, it was much different than that. It was like you said, this is a um, more of a mindset accelerator kind of thing about peak peak performance, which I which is how you described it was it was amazing. Tell us tell us why you shifted this way. Um, is there something that you you had this entrepreneurial mindset? What what got you into this thing called beans and blazers? What what did you see from either pe- people people that you know or people that you see that are almost there and are you know need need this extra extra help to get to the next the, the the other side? What what took you there? If you don't if you don't mind asking um, me asking that for my favorite part of my experience at Untapped was running a team of that size, I learned uh, a lot about leadership. And and what we did was we were taking 22 year olds coming out of college and turning them into really talented salespeople who we were hitting crazy numbers. We were the fastest Mm -hmm. growing company in North Carolina, number 150 in the country. Mm -hmm. My, and, and our methodology to training was pretty unique. We would focus on the individual's habits and sleep and relationships and stuff that didn't have anything to do with selling beer software. And as part of doing that, it engendered more loyalty to us, higher performance, longer longevity with the company in terms of like reduced attrition from people leaving or getting fired. 
And all of that culminated in us hitting these crazy numbers and me being, you know, a 23 year old VP of anything to your point earlier. (laughs) And uh, so I had this idea that those same principles that I had sort of intuitively been teaching people about could definitely transcend selling. Like what if you removed the outcome of being a salesperson and tethered it back to any person's values of what they want to get out of life? So if you're an aspiring musician who wants to make a music video, maybe that's your shtick. Maybe you want to be an entrepreneur. Maybe you want to become a professional athlete. The goal was to create a series of thought patterns and habits and behaviors that could induce success and holistic performance, no matter what your pursuit or endeavor were. Um, And so Beanie represents mindset. Blazer represents application. So the idea is you shift the way you think and you apply it back to your nine to five, back to your day to day with your family. Mm, I, I like that. Okay. So I'm glad you explained that. <laughs> <laughs> glad to explain that. Um, so it, I looked at your ebook for, for, I think it was the ebook or the site that says you were talking about the it factor, but not being able to capitalize on that. Can you explain that just a little bit here um, on uh, what you meant by that? Absolutely. So there are a lot of people that write about everybody has a superpower. Everybody has a a thing that they're exceptional at. They just may not realize that they're exceptional at it. So taking that, that idea and acknowledging the fact that most people, since they're everybody, everybody's conditioned by their environment that they grow up in, right? Like whether it's your family, it's your friends, it's society, it's the government, it's school, it's whatever, you're, you're taking all these inputs and it molds how you see the world and what you think matters. It creates your value system. It's not until you get older where you start to question like, wait, do I actually care about driving fancy cars? Do I actually want to work nine to five for the rest of my life? And so people who have midlife crises, they're, they're, it's just a latent recognition that they haven't been living in alignment with their values. Right. And so the idea is people have these latent superpowers. They may or may not be actually living in accordance with what is authentic to them in terms of their, their, their true belief system. And so the idea is if you can help them uncover some of those traits about themselves and build confidence in that, they can unleash that superpower or superpowers, plural, and actually live a life that's in accordance with their value system. Um, And so it's just relinquishing that, giving them permission and showing them how to let it breathe. I I think there's one key word in like how you said confidence. But I think a lot of people have in them, but they haven't had the the confidence to do so, um, which is a big thing. I, 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 I'm starting to get this this little phrase in my head where it's like you you see somebody that's good at something, they just need something. <laughs> you know, you know, they're they're good at that, but they just need something to get them over the over, over the top, right? Exactly. And, and go ahead. I, I was you know that expression like you can't help somebody until they want to help themselves. Yeah. You know, the idea behind the program that we're curating is we charge, we charge for the program, right? Like you have to take a step of an investment to get into the program. And so we're looking for people who have recognized this it factor. They may realize they don't have the confidence or they're lacking that tribe around them or the mentorship or whatever, whatever it is. We're looking for people. It's like, 
okay, you are willing to invest in yourself. And so you're ready. And now that you're ready, we're going to help give you the tools to actually facilitate that growth. I like that. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you, uh, and this is not even, not, not even my questions that I had set up for you, but this is the new one. Here's the new <laughs> one. Here's the new one for you. All right. Hit me. Okay. Here's what I've noticed is that in my, in my recent experience, for me, it seems like it doesn't matter if that person invested or not. You're going to get a certain percentage of people who just will not go forward with something all in. I think part of it is maybe part of it is fear. Part of it that there's just too many distractions. Part of it is that they're, they're, they're doing, they're, they're listening to one trainer, to another trainer, to another trainer. And again, it's just, there's, there's too much overload. And I think that for to now, let me ask you this: Are you vetting people to go in and going when you're going? It was just because I think even when you put money down, it doesn't doesn't guarantee that that person is going to do it. So how how do you go into like do you, do you vet these people or do you saying you saying you know what we invest we'll make sure and we'll make sure we'll, we'll get you to the point where you're filtering out everything so that you're focused. You know, how, how do you deal with that? Because that's, that's my thought process right now. It's like, it doesn't matter if they're investing in something or if they're going to, to one of these five-day challenges or whatever. That, you know, you're going to get a certain, people, certain amount of people who will do it all in, some people who will just do nothing, to have questions or to justify themselves for not doing it. Speak on that. First of all, I love the new question. <laughs> uh, I like it. Um, and... So yes, there's a vetting process. There's an application, there's an interview. And for our beta, we're only accepting 10 students. So we're keeping it really small cohort, um, trying to facilitate more of that oomph, like, you know, light a fire under people's asses, so to speak. As far as um, taking it back to lessons of building a a successful startup, everything when you're building should be measurable or a lot of it, your marketing content, you, how many people are getting through the program. And so we're looking for those metrics in the early days that say, if we start with 10, how many make it through the end? How many fall off halfway through and why are they falling off? And if we can answer those questions, we can keep turning little knobs and tweaking stuff to try to make it a better experience or say this type of person despite looking like they're ready, may not actually be ready. But the way I think about it is it's like hiring. You know, you you can have somebody in an interview who looks and sounds the exact same as somebody who is a killer, like going to be amazing. They know what to say. They're sort of con people or whatever. And you get them in and they're duds. I've had that happen to me so many times. And it just, it is what it is. And so, um, you know, from a business perspective, you can sort of protect yourself where you say, Hey, I'll get, if you legitimately go through this whole program and you interact with the coaches and you do the exercises and you don't get the value out of it, I will give you a refund. No problem. I want to hop on the phone with you and I want to understand where the dissonance is. But if you're not going to put in the work and go for it, I know it's not all monetary, but that should be a disincentive for somebody to slow down or give up on it. Theoretically. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So this question, I definitely want you to speak on about peak performance, about having success on a regular basis. Cause I, cause I read that in the ebook and I was like, wait a minute, that seems a bit, a little bit unrealistic, Brandon, to be, 
have success on a regular basis where people are just like, and the reason why I say that, because I think some people will have success and then don't have like a bad day or a bad week. And then it, it turns them off completely. Can you speak on, can you speak on what you mean by peak performance, having success on a regular basis, what that means? I love these questions. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's a big issue. I used to come to this all the time. You fall off the wagon. Like I say, Hey, I'm going to, I don't know, do a hundred pushups a day for a week. And then you miss a day and you're like, ah, I might as well quit because I, I missed it. Right. Right. And so I think we've all been there and tell us these stories in our head. But when we talk about performance, we're actually trying to flip the paradigm of how people view performance in the traditional context. Mm. Most people, and I, I can speak to American society, like capitalism, I can't speak to internationally and stuff. In our society, performance means productivity. It is tied to production. It is, you have accomplished this milestone. You have completed this task. You have hit this deadline. People conflate their performance with their ability to produce in some sort of a context. Yeah. The way we think about performance is performance is the act of living, um, embracing the struggle and living in alignment with your values. It is a holistic underlying piece of production. So for example, it's the mindset that you remind yourself to be gritty. And just because you miss this one habit that you said you were going to stick to, you can will yourself to get back on the horse and you don't punish yourself for missing on that day. Performance also means rest and recovery. It also means uh, like goal setting and, and trying to achieve. And so when you take a, a broader perspective of performance and you strip away the, did I accomplish this? Yes or no binary look at, performance, it alters what it means to be successful. It's just, am I doing my best to live in accordance with my values? If the answer is yes, then you're performing towards what you care about. If the answer is no, and you have to optimize, those are the tools that we're giving people to help them reshift that focus. I love it. Amazing stuff. I, I, I love what you guys are building. I tell you what, I, it's, it's an incredible thing. Now I want to I, I want to just because everybody talks about mindset and this is your big thing with the, with the beanie. We talk about mindset all the time, all the time. But what does that mean? What does that mean to you? Because for some, it can just be a word where you're where you're you're thinking, you're doing your affirmations, you're going to do this, but the action doesn't follow sometimes. So sometimes you're you're incongruent. Well, you're thinking stuff, you're thinking, but not acting. So how do you get those two things to align with themselves? Because sometimes when you think you're have the right mindset, you know, you, you, you're looking at motivational videos, you know, you're reading and you think you have it all together, but then you have this unproductive day and it's, it doesn't align. So how do you get those two things to align? That's the question. Uh, um. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry I keep saying that. You're just blowing me through with your question. Like you dug deep on this. I'm really appreciative of that. Oh, no worries. Uh, so there's there's a lot of new material coming out that talks about how willpower or passion or um, some of these terms that have been thrown around, like the Zig Ziglar stuff, like be passionate about what you're doing and it'll come to fruition. Yeah. 
it's just it's proven to sort of be bullshit. Like at the end of the day, you can be really, really passionate about something and either that burns out over time or you can get distracted because of pa- a passion may not just be strong enough to pull you all the way. You also need stuff that's going to push you. Mm. So concepts like coachability, curiosity, uh, optimism, communication skills, grit. I could keep going. Yeah. Those, those make up the mindset of somebody who ha- is mentally fortified where in the face of adversity, yes, you may slip and that's okay. And you have the grace to tell yourself it's okay. Yeah. But you also have the, the fortitude to say, just because I drank tonight when I didn't want to, or I slept in too late does not make me a failure. That's not how I'm going to talk to myself. And I, I am still the person that I identify as. I just slipped. And once you start accommodating both the the push pull factor of what drives you and associate that with the grace and empathy to to tell yourself that it's okay to make mistakes, it's typically the marriage of those two ideals that put somebody in a position that the actions become more natural. And you start getting these tiny little micro wins that build momentum and over time you start seeing huge shifts in a person's trajectory. I I, I love it. I, I like what you what you're saying in this in this show here. This is this is great stuff. I, I want people to understand what he's saying because because he's answering my questions in an, a, a very a very profound way. Because a lot of, I think a lot of people who will, will will just push mindset 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 and not understand that you know. At this point in time, you, you sometimes you need you need to be pushed. I love that. I love how you said that. Um, we got some a comment here. I would think the reward. Germany says I would think the reward of some sort would also be important. It's in the middle. Um, for example, with weight loss. So, what do you have to say 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 to that when she says says to that? Thanks for the Prince image. Didn't expect that. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and. Um, I think, yes, like, so right now we're talking about personal, like me motivating myself, right? It's not a matter of a team. And so I don't think of it as rewards. I think about it as like self-celebration. And so whether, whether it's something that as you're progressing towards weight loss, that you have milestones that you're looking to achieve, which again is production and not performance. If you want to tether some sort of reward to the other side of production, I think that's okay. But more importantly, it's when you're going through your gratitudes at night before you go to bed or when you're setting your calendar and your agenda the next time, it's making space to tell yourself, I am making progress. I can feel these changes happening, even if the scale isn't moving as quickly as I want to, or if I slipped up and had a piece of cake yesterday, perhaps it's slowing down the productivity of achieving that goal, but you're human and you need to just encourage yourself to get back on the horse. But I am a huge proponent of rewarding yourself so long as those celebrations are acting counter to your value system. Mm. And again, there's like a tight line there because it's okay to have a piece of cake. If you're trying to lose weight, like you, that's tied to your production, not yourself, not your performance. It's different metrics that you're trying to optimize for. I like that. It must sort of reminds me of, for some reason, um, me being a part of Planet Fitness and then like every first Monday of the month, we all get pizza. 
you know, Argentina, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the first month you were like, kind of like, should I be doing this? But you know, but it's a, it's <laughs> a great one hand. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, oh man, I, I know I had the question. Okay. So let me, let me talk about, let me just get this, this one thing out of the way. And I got the last question after this, but just one, can you just give us, give us like one action about how to stay on top of the game? How to stay, um, I, I hate to say motivated, but um, but stay at your peak performance. Just give us like one how-to um, before we get out of here, if you don't mind. One thing that I have started doing in the last six months that has been really powerful for me is a night routine called a power down. And it, this is not my thing. I'm stealing this from uh, Stephen Kotler, uh, who wrote, he's written several books about flow. He's written Stealing Fire and Abundance and Bold. And I think it's 13 bucks. So I'm stealing this. But the power down methodology is every night before I go to bed, I take a couple of minutes and I journal what went well today. Like, what am I happy about? Personal stuff, professional stuff, just stream of conscious journal. This whole activity, by the way, takes like mm. 15, 20 minutes. After I do my stream of conscious journaling, I'll do three things that went well today, which for me as an entrepreneur are typically related to work, but it's, it's open to whatever three things that could have been improved today. And so for example, for me, typically what could have been improved is I have poor time management. So I didn't get to a thing I said I was going to, I skipped this recovery thing. Um, again, cause I'm not like I'm a human. So I miss on the stuff that I preach sometimes. And I think that's okay. Um, and then the last piece is I set my calendar for the next day. So my wake up time, the work stuff, the non-negotiables that I have to block in. And then I just leave space for me to be a person and interact with people and call my family and all that good stuff. So does that habit of thinking through my day, being reflective and planning for the next day. Um, I like to feel when I wake up, like I'm winning the day and the day's not beating me. And if I don't do that work ahead of time, I always feel like I'm playing catch up. Awesome. Now I, I do. I actually have, have an additional question if you don't mind. <laughs> Before we get out of here. Um, as far as startups, I want to just dial back to that real quick. What have you seen with what your experience with, with untapped? What have you seen with other, other startups that you see that, the mis- the big mistake that they're making as opposed to what you guys what you guys noticed with untapped how you were able to get acquired at the end what what is the thing that, that you see that are missing with other startups that you that you were able to be successful with with untapped so there's a phrase in um, business called KPIs they're key performance indicators they're the things that really matter that you need to be measuring that are the lifeblood of the company think new new customers Revenue, number of employees, expenses for rent, like stuff like that. Mm. A lot of companies or first-time entrepreneurs focus on, instead of true KPIs, they focus on what a lot of people call vanity metrics. Mm. And a vanity metric is something that feels good and looks good to talk about on Instagram and publish, but it doesn't actually make the business healthier or bigger or stronger. And so things like Instagram followers... If your Instagram following doesn't turn into uh, enough promotion or people to drive a sales funnel, for example, then there's really no uh, meat on the bone as far as that metric goes. So a lot of folks get fixated on marketing metrics or um, 
stuff that just doesn't actually truly matter to the overall health of the business. And I think that gets people upside down. We didn't have a marketing team for five years. We only did calling and emailing from our sales team. And that's because we believe that we would have more control and clarity over those KPIs, Mm. having those types of relationships with customers rather than spending all this money on Facebook ads or uh, whatever the alternative would be to market. Interesting. Um, but I'm glad you. I'm glad you, we got that out of the way because I wanted to see what that what that meant like. So KPIs definitely for sure, <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure. Okay, so last question. I ask this of all of my all of my guests when they come through. The people are here. They see you. They love what you're saying. They love um, everything that you're talking about. They want to, they have similar interests, similar pursuits, and they want to do what you're doing, Brandon. They want to, you know, they want to be like you. (laughs) They want to be like Brandon. Can you show them or give them a couple of things that you can tell them about how to be an authority in this space? So I think from the entrepreneur perspective, it's, if you are going to start your own company or if you have your own company, just be prepared for the volatility that comes with that. The successes, the failures, the happiness, the sadness. Um, it's a really bumpy, crazy ride. And so just being cognizant of that and knowing what you're getting yourself into, I think is really important. Um, as far as the personal development or lifestyle engineering stuff goes, I think the very first step that a person should take, and I'm sorry I keep hammering on this, but I think it's so darn important, is calibrating your personal compass. And that is going through the exercise of answering, what are my five core values that make me who I am? And the exercise that I always give people is, imagine it's 50 years from now. Somebody's writing a biography about your life because you've been an amazing person. The biographer can only write five chapters in the book, and each chapter is a characteristic that you carried throughout your life. What would you like those five chapters to be, and what should they say? And that gets a person, instead of all the the biases, like, oh, well, I would like to do this, but I can't because of this. It forces you to think from another person's perspective and it's more like I, I wish and I hope to be this one day. And so it takes some of the pressure off of the question. But I think in order for somebody to live a fulfilled life, they have to start by calibrating that personal compass. I love it. Awesome stuff, man. Incredible stuff, Brandon. Amazing stuff today. Thank unbelievable. you. So unbelievable. Yes, unbelievable. I, I appreciate you coming in. I know we, we got you in here. Um, Sort of, sort of on a whim, but you said yes. I appreciate that. We got you in there. <laughs> so, please tell people where you want, where they can go to connect with you, or I know you have something for them um, for for showing up on on the show. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Um, if you like what you hear, you're interested in calibrating your personal compass and finding your path and your purpose in life. Visit beanieandblazer.com/giveaway. The ebook uh, that we've discussed on the show uh, is right there. It's downloadable. You can check it out. 
Yeah. And if you're really serious about making a change, uh, you can check out our Mindset Accelerator program. Um, we're currently enrolling students for our November beta. So we'd love to hear from you. I love it. I love it. This this really sounds like a lot of people need to get in get, get in on this because it's different. Um, if you have listened to my questions and seen and have heard how you answer them, you definitely need to get onto this onto this accelerator. I, I think it's a great, it's going to be a win-win for you for sure. So please, beanieandblazer.com backslash giveaway. Um, just go in there and get, get connected with this guy. Um, they have a great thing going. I think you're going to be, be very, very well um, taken care of by, by this guy for sure. Absolutely. So thank you so much. Uh, yeah. Um, so my thing that I say that I, that you guys can 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 um, look into is at the authorityletter.com. Once again, we are in the seventh week of our eight week digital product giveaway. We're giving away this week an anchor Bluetooth wireless headphones for you. So go there at the authorityletter.com or you can text us at we are live to 44222 and get on the list there. We are live now with that, and you can register and, and sign up for that particular giveaway. And um, and you can also, we're going to be doing some other great stuff in there to help you build your authority platform and, and getting you maybe more connected with our guests for sure. That's part of what we do just to get you connected with our guests because they're so helpful and they really want to serve serve um, this audience. So I appreciate, again, Guys like Brandon coming in here and doing this for us. Just amazing, amazing stuff. Do you have any final words before we get out of here on this episode, Brandon? I'm going to go win those headphones. (laughs) Awesome. So let's get out of here. I appreciate you. We'll we'll be back um, in another couple of days for another episode for you. And just remember, you are the project. We want to slap authority to your name so you can sell more of your great at. Build it. Share it. And they will come. Thank you so much. Be blessed. And we'll see you on the next episode. We will see you in the next episode that I said. Are we ready? Go, Outro. Go, go. <laughs> yeah. And that's a wrap for this episode of The Authority Project. Thanks so much for tuning in. And if you like what you heard, we want to hear from you. Subscribe, rate, and give an honest review. Share and tell your friends so they can hear too. And for even more authority-building tactics, be sure to sign up at theauthorityletter.com. Get free weekly content and ongoing digital product giveaways to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. We certainly hope you got a key takeaway or maybe an aha moment from today's broadcast. Just remember, it's your authority. Build it, share it, and they will come. Until next time.